Shapeshifters. Tonight's Shapeshifter is a regular voice on The Money Show. We've had him on several times, but it's all about the recent merger of Takealot.com and Kalahari.com going full steam ahead. But who is behind uh, this deal? Who is behind the business that is Takealot.com? Well, his name is Kim Reed. You're an accountant, Kim Reed. Where did you get the imagination to run an online retailer? <laughs> Hi, Bruce. Um, thanks for having me on the show. Um, imagination, well, I don't know. Some people would probably say that I haven't got that imagination being an accountant, but I've never considered myself being a very good accountant, and um, I had to find something else to do. Otherwise, um, I'd have to end up staying an accountant. I mean, you were, and, and nothing against accountants, of course. Nothing, no, no, I'm absolutely. sure you know some perfectly lovely accountants. Absolutely um, not. <laughs> because you were, you were finance director at MultiChoice, and then Nuspers put you in to run MWeb for a while. So you've been in this technology space for the last 15, 20 years. I've been very fortunate, um, Bruce. I've been given quite a bit of opportunity and um, rope to hang myself, which I've done occasionally. And... Um, Learned some things along the way. Uh, this experience has been something that's been a, a really steep le- learning curve, um, fantastic times, um, some tough times as well. Um, but we seem to have got some things right so far. Um, when I mean, Was NASPAS a good training ground? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, NASPAS has got some really strong and um, intelligent individuals in the, in the company. Um, yeah, Quirs allows people to. Um, Quirs, I think you're on first name terms. Of course, of course, uh, Quirs <laughs> Becker, the, the soon to be chairman, because he retired as chief executive last year. He'll be coming back as chairman fairly soon, I think. Yeah, Mr. Becker allows allows <laughs> people Becker, <laughs> allows people to to kind of fly and um, you know achieve certain things and and fail when when they need when when they fail. So um, it is a it, it's a very good training ground. I mean, you must have learned some costly lessons at MWeb because MWeb has never been – it took a long time for MWeb to come right. And I think even still MWeb struggles in the, the, the internet space, in the email space, in the electronic space. Um, yet it didn't put you off going into an even tougher space, which is selling stuff to people that they can't see and touch um, from an online platform. I think the fun thing about online retail right now is that it's working worldwide. Um, we're a little bit behind the curve in South Africa. So um, we learn a lot of lessons from um, some of the companies that our investors have invested in elsewhere in the world, in China and India. Um, and it's an exciting place to be. You know, it's, it's great when there's, there's growth and opportunity. There's nothing worse than trying to have to, um, to build momentum. When momentum is behind you and you, you – you know, you're able to execute on certain things. Um, it, it makes things um, easier, although, it, 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 as you say, it is a tough business. It's not an easy thing to get right. Um, take a lot. What's, oh, it, it's a fairly, it's a new brand name on what was a business called Take Two. What is Take Two's history? So we bought um, Take Two in October 2010. Uh, you know, Take Two was um, a little company. I, I wanted to 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 buy something and build from from a point as opposed to starting greenfields. Sometimes, um, you know, we look back and and um, that may not have been a great idea. But because um, you you, buy, you bought a lot of legacy, I mean, or a bit of legacy. Yeah, least. you you buy, you buy quite a bit of legacy and you build on that legacy. And over time, you have to um, much like Amazon. In fact, you have to then get rid of that legacy and 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 build new stuff, which isn't easy. So, um, you know, many people look at us and they say, well, why aren't you like this and why aren't you like that? Well, what I can say is we try our damnedest to, to do our best to get things 
to a world-class um, business, but it takes time. Um, and we've got plans, and many of those plans um, will come to fruition in the future. Um, and hopefully we stay on the cutting edge and, and continue delivering a great customer service, service to customers. How did you get involved? I mean, what, what sparked the excitement in you that there was this company called Take-Two that you could build and develop? So I had left Nice in 2009, towards the end of 2009. and um, was, Were you what they say in IT between projects? Yes, I, I was, <laughs> I'd, I'd taken a break. I'd had enough of corporates and yeah. um, was looking for stuff to do. And I had a few opportunities and I had been fortunate enough to meet up with Tiger Global elsewhere in the world, a guy by the name of Lee Fixell, who's just been a fantastic partner and shareholder in our business. Tiger Global, of course, is the private equity company that backed you back then and just toward the end of last year forwarded you another cool $100 million for expansion. Yeah, they're great partners to have. They really have. And without them, we wouldn't be where we are today, um, Bruce. But I met, met up with Lee, and Lee actually called me when I left NASPAS and, and said, um, let's do something together. And um, how, how did you know him? So through, through dealings with NASPAS, funny enough. So okay. we'd looked at buying businesses from, from Lee in other parts of the world, and that's how I got to know him. And he called me and said, look, let's do something. And it took a little while to get to where we wanted to get to. And um, e-commerce is always, in, in our minds, an exciting space. So we decided that's where we wanted to focus on. And... Um, you know, I, I got out of my pajamas and out of bed and um, <laughs> and started working on on looking at different companies within South Africa to see which 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 company we wanted to buy. And um, we started with one, and we were stymied by, um, funny enough, our friends at NicePass. And um, okay, I mean, did you look at Kalahari? Um, no, no, no. no okay. Kalahari's never been for sale. It really, it really hasn't until recently. <laughs> okay. Um, but, but, so you were looking to buy one. Then Nasbar scuppered you on that particular transaction. How did Take-Two get onto the table then? So we, we were just looking, trawling through, through data, um, web data that we could find. And we found Take-Two and it looked interesting and um, went for a meeting in um, Goodwood of all places, a little house that was the start of Take-Two and arrived there. What were they selling? They were selling pretty much electronics and media products. Um, so it was largely gaming, books, very traditional the way e-commerce starts off. And what we saw was we saw a, um, a loyal customer base. Um, we saw um, technology that we thought we could build on. And, um, you know, we slowly started building a team around that. A loyal customer base. How big was their customer base at the time? Yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't that big at that stage. Um, there was mum, dad, and cousin Herbert. Couple and more, they were terribly couple, loyal. Couple more, actually. Couple more okay. than that. That's what, that's what surprised mm. us. Okay, so they had a loyal customer base that were buying a limited range of products. You then get your friends at Tiger Global Management, the US-based hedge fund, to give you some money. You go in and you buy Take Two. That's twenty ten, right? That's right, October twenty ten. Um, and you've done extraordinary things in less than five years. How big is the business? Let's exclude Kalahari for, for a moment. But how much have you grown the, the Take-A-Lot business from the days of Take-Two? Yeah, so Take-A-Lot take is probably 10 times the size of what Take-Two was, was then. In fact, if we look at… And how at, do you measure size in terms of products sold, we're revenues? We're looking at, at revenue. Re, okay. Look pretty much across the board. You know, if you, if you look, we were 25 um, employees when we bought the business. We're now sitting at 450, 460-odd. Yeah. We were 400 square meters of warehousing. We now are just in the process of building two very large warehouses of around about 30,000 square meters each. <laughs> um, you know, the business has grown <laughs> phenomenally it, it's, and it, it takes its toll as well in trying to keep up with that, that type of growth. 
And yet, the internet space in South Africa isn't big enough for two gorillas. Take a lot on one side and Kalahari.com on the other. Scale's important. Uh, of, 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 yeah. of, of in two standalone entities. Yeah. So scale's important. I think the, the, if you had a look at um, – we'd, we'd obviously – we were the, the upcoming um, online retailer at the time and we'd been growing very quickly. Kalahari had been growing less quickly over that time and um, – you know, it was more around a meeting of the minds as to what we wanted to do going into the future and trying to get to a reasonable scale going forward. Scale is, you know, we measure our scale compared to retailers, real-world retailers. Um, if you look at MassMart, MassMart, what, are turning over $77 billion at the moment, yeah. and, you know, throughout all their, their, their entities. So we've got a heck of a long way to go to How get to… How much are you to, turning over? So I'm not going to disclose that, Bruce, <laughs> but on. I can tell you that that um, it's a fraction when, of seventy-seven. When we, when we chatted, when we chatted um, a while ago about reaching that that magic number that I said we we're going to reach in five years, well, we probably will. So, okay, there we go. I think it was a billion. Yeah, there we go. A million, <laughs> um, but that includes Kalahari. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so you've got to acquire Kalahari or merge with Kalahari. I think that's the polite word that's been used um, to achieve that goal within five years. So we've put the businesses together and we're going to build the business on the, the Take Lot brand and Take Lot platform. Um, NASPAS is going to be a very strong shareholder in the business going forward. Um, so but not we, control. Who, who's got, who, control, who will control the business? So it's really management-led. Um, okay. That was one of the reasons why we did the deal. We wanted a management-led business and that's what it remains. Okay, so um, so Tiger has how much and Nasbass has how much? So the final percentages aren't finished, um, aren't being calculated just as yet. We've got to finish out this month, um, but approximately forty-one percent each will be held by Tiger and by Nasbass, and then the rest by management and some minorities. I mean that's pretty nice. I mean, so you don't have there's no risk here of of control slipping from either Tiger or from Nasbass. They'll both hold on to those positions for for a while, I suspect. Look, they're both um, very positive about the business. Um, they've, you know, they're shareholders in in many businesses around the world together, so they know each other well. And um, we're looking forward to having two very strong shareholders in this market. Um, and Kalahari.com, does that go the way of other brands that have gone toward the dustbin? Well, we we're not going to continue with Kalahari.com. So eventually, we will we will close down the site as it is today, and we we won't be using the brand going forward. So Carl Ahari dies. Um, does he have a, have a soap opera ending or does he just <laughs> fade away? I have no comments on Carl Ahari. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. He's, 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 people are talking about him. Um, and, and that's what's really strange is because Kalahari.com is a far better known brand, sort of anecdotally, than Take A Lot. Take A Lot is much newer, perhaps fresher, perhaps more cross-border, more transportable than the name Kalahari. Is that why you've gone with it? Look, I think the, the if you look at the growth that we've had over the last while and um, the associations with the brand as such, um, we just felt that we wanted to continue with the, the, the Take A Lot brand. Obviously, Kalahari's been around for a heck of a long time. They've put a lot of money into that brand and, and many people think that we, we're not particularly bright in, in, in continuing with the Kalahari brand. We just, you know, we, we have a certain ethos within our business. It's it's tied to the, the Take A Lot brand. And we want to keep that going and, and, and keep on growing around the Take Lot brand. So we, we, we pretty much focused on customers as the central point um, 
in our business. We make our decisions around around customers all the time. Sometimes customers don't think that we do that, but I can guarantee you that there isn't a time in our in our um, existence that we we don't say you know what is the is the right way to deal with a customer. We don't get it right all the time, but we do try. We'll talk more about uh, Takelot.com, the acquisition in 2012 of Mr. Delivery, how that has impacted the ability of Takelot.com to to really crack what is the toughest obstacle for any online retailer in South Africa, and that is getting product from the warehouse to the customer. It's one that people are wrestling with every single day in the online space. So I think it was the probably about two years ago that we asked the guys at Yuppie Chef, and Yuppie Chef is a massively innovative, much smaller online retailer of household products, um, to review the Amazon.com book by Jeff Bezos, his biography of Amazon.com. And I just love the comment that was made by the chief executive of Yuppie Chef who reviewed the book for us. And he said, it's so nice to know that Amazon.com has got the same problems as us um, and slightly different scale. I think that year, Yuppie Chef had hired 10 people for the Christmas season extra to help them pack boxes and Amazon.com had hired 10,000 temporary workers. But, but the biggest problem must be, Kim Reed, uh, co-chief executive of Takealot.com, is getting the product from the warehouse into my hands as the customer uh, quickly in a way that um, still keeps me excited about coming back next time. There are many challenges, um, Bruce. Delivery is one of those, and that's that's essentially why we bought Mr. Delivery, because we feel that the only way to handle that problem um, in the right way is to actually own the delivery um, platform as such. So, And that even brings its own problems. So it's, it's a tough thing to get right because it's, you know, in essence, online retail is quite easy if you just think about the theory behind it. It's, you know, find something, um, pick, pack, and ship it, and get it to a person in time. Um, but there are a lot you of things see, that can you see, you've wrong. got it. You understand exactly <laughs> how it works. You'll, you've got a great future in this business. <laughs> but it doesn't work like that, does it? Look, it doesn't go right all the time. Um, the majority of our orders, I must say, do go right, thankfully. That's why we are in the position we are today. But having control over that delivery um, entity as such and, and knowing what's going on in most of the steps um, in getting to the customer is very important. And that's what we're trying to get right through the Mr. Delivery business. Uh, and that's been an acquisition which has been uh, part of you since 2012. Are they still doing pizzas and, and curries or are they just doing courier service for people's online purchases? No, so Mr. Delivery has actually become a very interesting business. Um, you know, Mr. Delivery, we started off, we bought a 40% shareholding in a, in a um, subsidiary of Mr. Delivery. Then we got to 60% of the holding company. And we just at the beginning of last year, in fact, we, we concluded the um, 100% acquisition of Mr. Delivery. And Mr. Delivery is now delivering food. It continues to deliver food. It's one of the staple things that it does. And um, we have got a lot of improvements that we need to put in place around the food delivery side. Um, websites and mobile and a whole lot of things. But um, we're also delivering First National Bank credit cards. Um, we also do all of the pick and pay online deliveries as well. And uh, obviously the take lot deliveries too. So um, we call it now the delivery platform. That's what we're trying to build. And we're trying to put a lot of tech and, and um, innovation into that platform. And we're, we're very excited about the opportunities around the Mr. Delivery business.
Okay, so Mr. Delivery then is the mechanism you use, the platform you use to, de- uh, to do deliveries. What are your turnaround times? If I um, go onto the takealot.com website now and I buy the Lasher domestic four-prong digging fork with steel shaft handle, uh, poly handle for 199 rand, when will you deliver it to me? <laughs> Depends um, where you are and if it's in stock. So if it's in stock, you can have it delivered um, next day if you're in a main center. Um, and um, a main center being... Um, anywhere in Gauteng and anywhere in the Cape. Um, so we could, you know, Mr. Delivery started off um, obviously with food delivery, which which had capacity and um, but delivered mostly, you know, over lunchtime yeah. less than in the evenings, yeah. yeah. So the whole idea was to take uh, volume and push it into that, that delivery platform. So the business, you know, opens up at, at 10 in the morning and we're pushing that back and it, it, it closes at 10 in the evening. Um, and it allows us, and it's open over weekends as well, and the only two days that it's closed is, is New Year's Day and Christmas Day. So it allows us to be able to do same-day delivery, after-hours delivery, as well as weekend delivery, um, which is very different to the traditional courier model. Yeah, because the everlasting problem in South Africa, of course, is the eight-foot garden wall, the electric gate, the buzzer, which seldom works because a lot of people disable the buzzer because they get they want to be uh, be bothered by people walking down the street, um, and um, that that's a big problem in South Africa. We hear these romantic stories of courier companies leaving parcels on American doorsteps because no one would dare touch your parcel. Um, we've got a big problem with crime. We've got a big problem with uh, getting access to properties. Yeah, so that's what we're trying to to figure out right now. We're trying to figure out how we can actually get better at dealing with the South African problems, as we call them. You're right. So, so I order something in the states from Amazon, and someone leaves it on my porch, and and you know that's great. It's there, and you don't have to worry about it. We have, um, we try and solve some of the problems through SMSing people before we um, deliver, so that they know it's coming before a certain time. We're busy with innovations to try and schedule certain things um, so that people are, are more aware as to what time slot um, is going to be delivered within, and we try and hit those time slots. So we've got a heck of a lot of work ahead of us around the missile delivery um, service as such, but um, great opportunity. You mentioned at the beginning that South Africans, we're, we're a little behind the curve in terms of online shopping. We're in the dark ages of online shopping, aren't we? Relative to other parts of the world? Yeah, so so it's, it's just because... Um, We've we've taken a long time to get used to the internet, and you know we've had our problems in South Africa. We've had the telecom monopoly over over bandwidth and and pricing problems and all that type of thing, which has stymied the growth. <clears throat> but you you find that what's happening now is that mobile shopping is becoming is coming to the fore, and we're seeing a lot of transactions go through mobile. Um, you know, there's a there's a heck of an opportunity around mobile in in South Africa because there's people have connectivity through their mobile phones. Um, so, yes, we are in the dark. Well, I wouldn't say we are in the dark ages. In fact, the, the South African consumer is quite um, discerning about their online shopping habits. Um, their expectations to, to a large extent are, are, are much higher than, than someone from Amazon would be in certain instances. So, for instance, if you look at just, um, you know, payment methods, we've got nine different payment methods on our site because we have to cater for everything from COD to e-bucks to EFTs and, and all that, all the like. You know, Amazon do most of the transactions through credit card. Mm. If you do it through credit card, it's a heck of an easier thing to do. You don't have to, to put all the, the um, different flows in your business to try and cater for the different payment methods. 
you know, even around the delivery side, as, as, as you've already mentioned, you know, if someone can leave it on the porch, um, the, the chance of a failed delivery is, is low. If you leave it on the porch, yeah, it ain't going to be there tomorrow and it's going to be our loss. Kim Reed, thank you for coming in this evening, the founder and co-chief executive of TakeAlot.com. Lots of work ahead as they merge the business of TakeAlot with Kalahari and within five years get to their billion rand turnover mark. Still a fraction of what is being done in what they call the real world of bricks and mortar, but still, it's a fine achievement and nice to see TakeAlot.com flying.